0: Welcome everyone, and I can't believe we're at number 11 in this the series of Thrive London Good Thinking Podcasts. My name's Tracy Parr, and I'm the Director of Transformation for Good Thinking, London's Digital Mental Well-being Service. Dr. Richard Graham will be in discussion with Janet Wingrove, who's a mindfulness trainer and consultant clinical psychologist at South London and the Maudsley NHS Trust. So Janet is going to discuss why taking a micro pause can help your mental health. Over to you, Richard and Janet.
1: Thank you, Tracy, And thank you, Janet, for giving generously of your time today.
0: My pleasure.
1: Uh, I'd like to start with a situation we're coming across a great deal at Good Thinking, which is the challenge of helping healthcare workers, and care workers for that matter, who are on the front line, working very long hours, under enormous pressure, feeling overwhelmed, and we want to help support them in their mental well-being, indeed their mental health. I wonder, from your experience helping um, frontline mental health workers, where you think someone could start if they would like some help with improving their mental well-being.
0: Yeah, it is challenging, isn't it? Because people are really, really busy, really stretched and there's just not time to, you know, do long relaxation or long mindfulness practices or something. But we have found that the three minute breathing space is one of the things that people often take away from the mindfulness courses and uh, can find really um, valuable because you don't even really need three minutes. It can just be um, when you're familiar with it, you can do it within a minute. Um, and it's just a way of taking a pause and perhaps reorienting yourself. And it also it fits really nicely with face COVID suggestions that have come from Russ Harris, ACT therapist and writer.
1: So that's a really valuable message. First of all, you don't have to think of committing yourself to quite a long period talking to someone or practicing mindfulness. Mm-hmm. This pause could be a few minutes and that could be the start of doing something that helps you feel different, better. Could you guide us through how someone might do that and to take that pause?
0: Reading space has got three steps. And the first step is um, acknowledging of how you are, a sort of check-in. Because if we don't know how we're feeling, it's quite hard to um, take wise action, to look after ourselves. Um, and also knowing how we are actually helps us connect with other people as well. So something about this emotional intelligence, if you like. So we're sort of tapping into that in the mm-hmm. first step. How am I? It might be something as simple as noticing that you're getting a bit dehydrated and that the next opportunity you would get some water or that um, you've kind of got tight muscles that you're not actually using, but they've become, you know, like your shoulders have got tight. and You might be so busy you haven't noticed, but actually you can just relax them. So the first step is this check-in. The second step, um, sometimes called centering, or coming back to the body and that could be something as simple as three slow breaths perhaps with a particularly long exhale so what we're doing there is kind of interrupting a stress response and we're looking for parasympathetic activation that we're actually lowering mm-hmm. lowering physiological arousal
1: so this would be a physical way of changing the rapid breathing that i guess mm. we often have when we're anxious by actually kind of shifting the body out of that into a state which is fundamentally more relaxed. So you don't even have to think about it. It is kind of changing gear for the body. Yes,
0: exactly. And there are a number of different ways one might do that. So it could just be, as in some of the mindfulness practices, just bringing awareness to the breath. It could be um, s- slow, deeper breaths. Um Sometimes, of course, people find that the breath is a little bit close to where they're feeling anxious, and they might prefer some other way of coming into the present moment, like awareness of soles of the feet on the floor. So it can be adapted for the individual and how they're feeling in that moment. But the general aim is this coming into the present moment out of the kind of stressed and worried, busy mind.
1: I think it's really helpful to mention the the sort of being aware of the soles of your feet or pushing your feet into the floor, because I guess one of the Areas people worry about with coronavirus is, of course, breathing. And so, that might, if you have anxieties about health in that way, be a bit less helpful, but you can actually do it differently. You can push your feet into the floor, as it were, as, as I understand it, in a way that, again, brings you back into your body and connects you with how you're feeling.
0: Yeah. And another alternative of sort of coming into the present moment is just noticing what's around you. So, you can use this centering stage to look around, notice colors listen to sounds so it's just another there are alternatives yeah but they're all this kind of coming into the present moment centering grounding yes which can be it's it's surprising it can be just a minute um and we already start to feel different or if you have the time it can be more like five minutes so you can extend it or contract it depending on circumstances
1: and that would be the sort of pause in in essence if people can do those steps they would get that space again in their mind Mm. and breathing space we sometimes yes
0: breathing space. Um, So those are the first two steps. But the third step is um the re-engaging or the kind of opening out, the getting ready to face whatever the challenges are again. But just before Mm. you do, maybe connecting with uh why am I here? What am I here to do? What matters to me here? Now I've done this check-in, is there anything I need to do to take care of myself? Like, as I said, it could just be some water. Um, What resources have I got around me or in me to help me do what I've got to do? It it can be a kind of a a bit of a rededication to the task.
1: Sort of stop-take.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. What's important to me here? What am I here to do? And then we refocus back on the things that we can control and the way we want to do Uh, the way we want to meet whatever the challenge is that's there in front of us. So it's a kind of re-engaging step.
1: But it's really helpful because I I think what you've helped me understand is the pause itself, and I very much liked, I think there were some Scandinavian researchers who, again, emphasised the micro-pause, they were calling it, something small that made a difference. But that in itself is a step to taking control and feeling that whatever is overwhelming you And all those worries that we can drown in and and sort of be distracted by, often things way beyond our control, you actually physically first take that control, take that step to pause, and then with the re-engagement, it can help you look at what you can control, what you can influence, and perhaps focusing on that in itself could give you some sense of achievement, but all of it underpinned by the values your personal reasons for why you're doing what you're doing, which for healthcare workers we know is is really important.
0: Yes, yes, exactly. The first step as well. It kind of if we're using that to check how we are, we're checking how we are physically, we're checking how we uh-huh. are emotionally. We're also checking what's happening in the mind, because it can be really important to kind of distinguish between what's uh, sort of helpful, problem-solving type thinking, and what is less helpful, worry. Um, getting caught up in thinking about possible scenarios that we can't control, that that we can't really... um, Thinking about them isn't going to be useful. So this kind of discrimination between helpful preparation, um, helpful problem-solving, and what is kind of pointless worry, sort of discriminating the two can be really important, and that can be part of that first step. And then if we're noticing we're caught up in really unhelpful thinking... Maybe doubting our own abilities or worrying what's happening to someone at home when we're at work. And actually, at that moment, there's nothing we can do about it. Moving into the second step, then with the centering, helps us let go of the unproductive thinking that may just be stressing us out without doing any good.
1: That's really helpful. So, in a way, the steps are doing something that is positive for yourself, as you say, noticing perhaps you need a, a glass of water or to relax in some physical way to reduce tension. But we also need to be aware of that capacity we all have to undermine ourselves, doubt ourselves, get swept up in panic or anxiety that is fundamentally not going to lead anywhere, just, if anything, to exhaustion.
0: Mm, exactly. And that can be really hard to let go of, which is why that step into, oh, centering on the body, my soul's at the feet on the floor, the feeling of the breath helps us uh, Come out of that worry state if that's what we found, which sometimes we will sometimes we won't find that when we do the
1: check- in. You remind me the research on burnout often does suggest that one of the things that is really problematic is that people do lose touch with themselves, they kind of become disengaged with themselves and and everything around them and kind of end up on autopilot, which. I don't think it's very satisfying for anyone who's in that state and clearly not helpful, as you said. If we don't know how we're feeling, we might do things that are potentially harmful for ourselves. Is that something that you found with people working in the health sector that they can sort of at some point lose touch with their values, with themselves and the people they're trying to support?
0: Mm, the sort of experience of being overwhelmed is so unpleasant and also we it's easy to kind of get... a Afraid then of how we feel. Like if I start to notice how I feel, I'll get overwhelmed. And therefore, I'm not going to go there at all. And then that means that we're kind of numbing and blunting because we're trying to avoid the pain. And that um, can kind of block our empathy and compassion, both for others and for ourselves. It's really not helpful, but it's so easy to get into because who wants to feel overwhelmed? So it, it is about finding a way of being in touch with our emotions without being overwhelmed by them. And um, that's what we were kind of doing in this first step. And we can support that with other longer practices if we have time. So there are things which feed into the breathing space that we can do when we have more time and each step can be supported by different uh, longer practices. So the middle step can be really supported by relaxation. So like a yoga nidra type practice or progressive muscle relaxation, guided visualization, or by mindfulness practice. And then when we come to step two, we can tap into that present moment centered space more easily because we've practiced it in between times. And the first step can be really supported by practices like um, clearing a space practice, which comes out of Jendlin's focusing where we're um, getting our feelings, our our troubles, our feelings at a sort of workable distance where we're not overwhelmed, but we're not denying anything either. And that's a kind of practice. And there are others, of course, that that feed into the first step. And then the kind of values clarification type exercises, which are more cognitive, um, reflective. What what, what do I really what really matters to me? Those kind of exercises um, can support us in that third space. So they're just examples, but there are things that we can do when we have more time that then can help us make best use of the breathing
1: space. So the breathing space would be a start of a journey, and then you could build on that with a range of activities, some of which would, I guess, be fairly simple to do. I guess now with the um, platforms like YouTube, people can do yoga um, alongside a, a YouTuber, or they could look into other areas and presumably um, people could go away and read up on the the other suggestions you've made. And I particularly like the one of that, I think you called it, clearing the space of kind of being able to recognise something that you should attend to without diminishing its seriousness or or scale and at the same time um, not being overwhelmed by it and and kind of creating that space to to think through and, and face and engage with it. So some really nice thoughts of where people can go. Are there any suggestions of mindfulness often seems to echo in some ways the value of physical activity and fitness? When you come to those second steps, are there a number of times a week that would be ideal? Or is it when you can, you can still get that benefit? Because again, when people are under pressure, they're they're often not quite sure whether it's going to be worth it, whether they can commit, etc.
0: Yes, I think the best way to think about it is every time you do one of those things, it's a bonus. Don't let's focus on the times when we were too busy or or just, (laughs) frankly, too exhausted and sleep was the priority, you know I think? I mean, it has to, be yeah, it has yeah, to be the parody. Yeah, yeah. At the same time, I think something frequent but short can be really helpful. So, um, 10 minutes mindfulness practice or mindful yoga or pranayama, or, or, and people will have their own experiences and they can that sort of fit with them better that they maybe want to pick up again or develop it's just coming back to things we've done in the past that we found helpful and most things like that can sort of fit into the breathing space uh which is this very short thing you can just do in the day i'm glad you mentioned yoga as well because um that step two when we're coming into the present moment and we've talked about um taking slower breaths uh, could just combine those with a stretch you see or some rolling of the shoulders stretching up overhead. So to bring movement in is can be um, really helpful.
1: And I can see how that works at a number of levels, including that physical one of trying to reduce muscle tension. If you've been mm. working long hours, um, that might just be how your body is. But is it also going back to that coming back to the body, also important to kind of be mindful of actually what you're doing, to kind of be in touch with that process? Does that kind of add value to it if you can not just move around, but actually be in touch with how you're feeling as you do it. That, that again, grounds you that little bit more.
0: Yeah, I think that's quite important because um, if you think of something like walking, we can be walking and worrying at the same time very easily. <laughs> uh, or we could be walking in a more mindful way where we're actually paying attention to the soles of the feet, to the bend in the knees, uh, to the posture of the body, and just how it feels to be walking. Uh, kind of this, uh I always think it's like quite a quite a magical experience when we really attend to what it's like to be in a living, breathing, moving body, you
1: know. That's a really helpful because I think there must be lots of people running and certainly going to spin classes that are so hyped up with all sorts of things that fire them on. But actually, that's exercising and worrying, not necessarily being in touch with themselves in a way that actually helps body and mind together, I guess. Yes,
0: such as ideally we combine them. And of course, there is a role for our um, kind of more vigorous exercise or less likely to be well though we can be. So there's a place for
1: both, yes. The other interesting thing about that, I, I guess for me, is is that developing that capacity to focus, to concentrate on something could be really diverse. I mean, we were talking to a tech company, I won't name them at this point, who were talking about how young people were supporting themselves through very intricate videos of nail painting. And I thought hmm, I wasn't sure how that could connect with mental health. But the more we thought about it, the more we realised the concentration, the focus, the control, the creativity, all of which sort of created, again, a a sort of small breathing space for that person, with possibly the end result being a set of really nicely painted nails. Does that work? I mean, could that be a way that people could sort of use all these techniques in in the ways that fits their life and um, the world that that they're in?
0: Absolutely. And that's a lovely example. When we teach the um, mindfulness-based cognitive therapy course, one aspect of it is what we call mindfulness of a routine activity that we bring in fairly early on in the course. And then we're saying, okay, so pick some small thing that you do, so maybe a chore, that normally when we're doing a chore, like maybe we're um, washing dishes or something, uh, loading the dishwasher, I don't know. Uh, we We don't pay attention to what we're doing. We're and so we can be in that sort of worried mind and actually paying attention uh, what people find is that it really changes the experience. So I think of things like, oh, putting the kettle on. You can actually be paying attention to the weight of the kettle as you lift it, the action that you make in turning the tap on, the sound of the water uh, as it goes into the kettle, placing the kettle down, and that changes the experience. And it's probably not as much fun as painting your nails. <laughs> But but the, the, the point is, there are these just like little things that we do that we could bring mindfulness to. And if we do, that, again, brings us out of the worried, stressed mind, which otherwise can get to dominate.
1: Yeah. Now, I completely understand that people feel taken over and no longer in control of their thoughts, which just feel like intrusions rather than part of themselves in a a connected way. And, uh, And I also like this idea of kind of that mind kind of floating in a way, in a way that's quite nebulous and detached. So it does sound like that opportunity whenever you can. If you're building a routine where you're trying to build in some creative, relaxing, whatever activities taking notice of all the little details might be helpful for body and mind as as we seem to be thinking in a way that goes beyond meditation mindfulness in the way most people think yes
0: yes exactly and one of the other things we we talk about in the MECT course is how to change activities or the extent to which we can we can't always of course um change the way that we're approaching activities that we find stressful and exhausting looking at whether, how much that's because of the mind state we're bringing, that we're putting um, too much pressure on ourselves not to make a mistake or we're doing it a- alongside this kind of worry, are there ways that we can change some of those into activities that are at least neutral, if not mindful? Commuting is one. We often have a discussion about in the course. People describe commuting as um, tiring, one of the least rewarding bits of their day. And then we find ways in which actually maybe we can use that time in a way that's more nourishing, more supporting of us. Not always, of course not. (laughs) But um, it's just something to um, reflect on, whether there are some more changes we can make.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I also like the idea of kind of thinking about that in a neutral area of your life where, I mean, I suppose you can make mistakes and feel sort of self-critical and commuting, but on the whole, it's a space which is, pretty neutral in terms of what you can do. So therein, it's a, a, a freer space to experiment, perhaps, compared with if you are working on the front line in a hospital at the moment. I guess that's not going to be so easy to be relaxed about. One thing I want to go back to, which I, I do think is really important, as I understand it really does help with sort of stress and burnout, is is that question of values. And and in a curious way, I think one of the things we're hearing in our podcasts is that the the coronavirus pandemic is kind of bringing everyone to a point where they're starting to think again about what really matters. Yesterday, we were hearing a lot about food being an absolute priority from two very different directions. And of course, that does relate to the fact that some people are stressed at the moment financially, as well as in terms of other anxieties. But in terms of values, I guess it's also important that managers, employers, supervisors uh, are also helping people get the feedback to show that what they do value does have an impact to counteract some of those doubts, some of those undermining criticisms that can pop up in the mind. Do you have any thoughts about how getting feedback can also help you keep that better balance and Stay grounded.
0: Mm. So, one of the things that um, I guess is really important to all of us is our um, our connection with other people and our interdependence. And so, feeling that we're working alongside others and that our input, our contribution is appreciated, I think makes a huge difference. And sometimes, um, I don't want to kind of sound too critical, but it's it can be easy for managers to become perhaps bit cynical in their approach to their staff's motives and commitment and that's just really unhelpful and what is helpful is really appreciating everyone's contribution people are doing the best they can in the circumstances they find themselves in what people actually do is going to vary but people are everyone's struggling with with a whole range of different things and, and we never know all the things that are going on for somebody so appreciating that they're working hard they're doing their best
1: yeah, and I think perhaps also where possible, because it is not always easy again in health, getting that feedback from the end users that uh, really also do value that commitment, that hard work.
0: The whole situation um, makes us think well, what, are, what really does matter, what is most important, what do we really care about? And we just so appreciate the people that are working on the front line, all the key workers, hugely
1: and it sounds like in the way that you come back into your body and connect with yourself in terms of how you're feeling, connecting with yourself in terms of knowing that you're choosing to continue to do something mm-hmm. because that's important to you and your values, whether it's a healthcare worker or a bus driver or whoever it is, um, that also can sustain you just a bit more than if you kind of just become a bit uh I don't know what the right word is sort of automatic in the way you're going through the motions rather than remembering that you are doing something that you feel is valuable
0: yes i think that's um we sort of known for a long time that that's one of the things that helps with stress is sort of seeing the seeing the challenges and seeing the meaning and of course for some people that, that also connects with their religious faith
1: so having that bigger picture sometimes of a value system can also help sustain us through some of those times where actually where we're going isn't so easy. I think, Janet, we could probably listen to you and your your suggestions and thoughts for much, much longer. And I hope we can bring to the Good Thinking website some of the suggestions and resources that people might pursue. We do actually have also free for Londoners the Be Mindful app, which we know is something you have to commit to to, to get the value from. But Again, it's there for people to, to use as as they wish at this point. We like to ask uh, the people who joined us on the podcast, if you could achieve this, and we're just about to go into lockdown or isolation with three famous or prominent people, who would you choose to take with you?
0: <laughs> actually, <laughs> actually, I know who I want to take, but it's not uh, they're not famous people. Recently... Well, I've been in touch with my school friends, you know, we were all at school together a very, very long uh-huh. time ago. And um, I'd really just like to take them. But that's too many people, isn't it? I'd like to take my old school friends.
1: Oh, gosh. <laughs> I, it sounds like you'd be stuck in terms of having to name a favourite child or something. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know which rule you're breaking first, given all, all the discipline of mindfulness. Um, <laughs> I'm breaking two
0: rules One the time, famous- the number and, and, and the fame. <laughs>
1: Okay, well, I I think we're going to have to allow your contribution (laughs) to the the well-being of Londoners as as a mitigating circumstance here and uh, allow you to take some friends so you can sort of be in the present but also connect with all those good times in the past, I guess. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, well, no more leniency on the next steps, which is we would allow you to take some media. And I say media because it may be a book piece of music, a film, a recording of an event, could be a sporting event, a play. Is there something that would also sustain you that would perhaps bring pleasure or comfort during the isolation period?
0: Well, I would take go board and um, go book. I'm probably not allowed more than one go book, am I? And then I will have to... No,
1: no, no. The board and the book, is already pushing it after your school friends.
0: <laughs> well, and then I can play all my school friends that Go and I might actually start winning if I read the book. Um, or I could just have to play myself. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, well, we might also allow you contact with a deep mind as well, the Google artificial intelligence that I think was starting oh,
0: to beat. Oh, yes, it was actually beat did the-
1: actually beat. So, so I, I, that, that, that's us. I'm um, pushing back I'd like a like to bit. play against the shallow <laughs>
0: mind, <laughs> not the deep mind. Yeah, it's a wonderful okay. game, but, um, yeah, I'm really yeah. a beginner. Okay.
1: Well, it sounds like then some learning as well as something that will stretch and entertain. Um, finally, a luxury. I, I try <laughs> to think what you're going to suggest at this point.
0: Uh, oh, gosh. Well, maybe the go board is the luxury.
1: Okay, the book is the the media and then the board is a luxury. Thank you. (laughs) Well, I think we've been very kind because having listened to you, in one sense, we could just ask you to boil the kettle and you could (laughs) enjoy the moment (laughs) there. But I think uh, that would be too much. So um, thank you so much, Janet. I think it's just really helpful for people to realise that taking that pause just a minute or two or three could really make a difference to how they're feeling and they should take that as seriously as any recommendation for their their mental well-being. So thank you for getting that across so vividly for us and we might want to come back to you if you can get away from your school friends at some point. Thank
0: you, <laughs> thank you very much, thank you.